Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, it's Matt. Uh, so I had a little bit of an audio kerfuffle on the podcast this week, uh, which means that I lost about the first, I don't know, two and a half minutes? So let me check, catch you up. Uh, I was talking to Dory about what happened this week, um, and she had the great news that she finished the revisions on her memoir, uh, which will be out in June. Very exciting. Uh, and I had said to her, what website can they find you at? And I uh, was trying to think of the name of Dory's, the, the, the links that she had, and I called it Dory.tree, which is not a website. Um, and then uh, we'll catch you up here. That's pretty much where we kick back in. Uh, here we go. 
Dory, say that again. I'm sorry. What was the what was the I said Dory dot tree? Turns out that's not it. <laughs> it's Linktree, which is L I N K T R dot E E mm-hmm. slash Dory Shafrir. Oh, I see. And there's many links to many different places to buy the book. Including Audible, you can you can pre-order the audiobook. Dory's gonna have to read that aloud to herself in a booth. I am. It's true. I am reading this audiobook. Um, uh, you know, so a, a lot of people actually were. I you know, I heard from a lot of people who were upset that I didn't read Startup. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, and I was also upset. Well, I was mostly you upset. would have pronounced gift correctly. Exactly. Exactly. Also, she gave one of my characters an accent that she wasn't supposed to have. Oh, that's quite a... Like, I truly... I don't understand. Who is it? Kat- Katya? Yes. She gave her... Apparently, she gave her like a like kind of a thick Russian accent. She was Russian-American. Like, she, she wasn't supposed to have a thick accent. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's really... <laughs> A bad choice. That is quite a choice. Yeah. So. It'd be so funny if you decided to give everyone in your book that speaks an accent. Regardless Including of, myself. Regardless of whether or not they had one in life. <laughs> including you? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what accent would I give you? Like an Italian accent? I think a deep Scottish brogue. Oh, that's a hard one. Yep. Hmm. I'll have to work on that before, we, before I record. <laughs> All right. I'll have to practice. Um. Boy, if my computer was up and running, I have a great jingle I'd play for that. Uh, so, okay, so you did that. That yeah. was that. That was you finished that off on Thursday, Friday, Friday, Friday. Let's also say now, Dory's uh, eight months late to the game. Sourdough game, yeah, is is uh, getting to be on point. It's improving. Uh, I mean, first of all, let's just be honest, everyone listening who's ever tried to make bread. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you come out of the oven with. It's gonna taste good. You know what I mean. Any warm bread is yeah, good. But those first couple sourdough loaves were not that good. Look, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a big texture guy as far as like the fact that you could barely chew it. <laughs> um, Had a good flavor profile. Yeah, nice flavor profile. You made a raisin loaf. I did. Which I thought was ordered from somewhere. Yeah, that's you did. right. I did think that everybody. Came home, all of a sudden I see bread in a bag from Squirrel, a restaurant in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh, she must have gotten this at Squirrel, this raisin loaf. Nope. No, she made it herself. I did. Wild. I know. Um, yeah, so I, I turned that in, and now my editor should have some more edits, and then we're supposed to be just doing one more round of revisions, and these shouldn't, like, the the mo- the re- round of revisions that I just turned in should be the most like extensive. Mm-hmm. This round should be like easier stuff, quicker stuff, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the copy editor. Wonder when you'll uh, have to do those. Um, probably within the next week. Oh my goodness! I mean, not in a week, but like I'll probably have to start within the next week. Wow. Okay. So I think it has to go to the copy editor by January 15th. Okay. And what with Christmas break and all. I'm not familiar. Yeah. Well, that's coming soon, everybody. Hope you're ready for your bubble holiday. <laughs> yep. Hope you're all staying in your household. We will be. Um, 
I know I certainly am. Always have, always will. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about what happened. You know, this this year we can really start some like Christmas traditions with Henry. No? I just don't. I don't. It's hard to even get him to sit still for anything. So he could maybe help. we could like make some cookies with I him. I was going to say we could, we could make some cookies. We could bake some cinnamon rolls. Okay, I don't know where cinnamon rolls came from, but sure. I feel like I know a lot of people who have cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Oh, that's not a thing I ever did, but it's a thing we could do. You know, that's the fun of having your own uh, family unit. You can make your own traditions. <laughs> yeah. You know? Some people were saying, like, there was a thread on some Facebook group I'm in. Maybe it was Forever 35 Food. People were talking about their Christmas meals and someone was saying that they do like an overnight Christmas morning French toast kind of bake situation. Um, okay. And I was like, hmm, that might be into that. I mean, I think French toast is, is traditionally just the wonderfully easy. So that's true. I'm happy to do it okay. whenever. If you want me to do it overnight, I'll do it overnight. I don't know. I was just like, oh, I am taking another um, Christmas cookie. I'm taking a Christmas cookie class with the same. That sounds good. You'd with, be right up your alley. Exactly. With the same woman who taught the Tartata yes. class that I took, Molly J. Wilk. Mm-hmm. She, we've mentioned her a lot on Forever 35, but um, she's awesome. She lives in Versailles, and she used to do in-person cooking classes. Like you would go to Paris, go to Versailles, and she would. She had a whole thing where you would like go to the market with her, and then you'd come back to her apartment and learn how to cook something French. She's American, but she lives in Versailles mm-hmm. with her French boyfriend. Um, but when the pandemic started, no, no more tourists, and you know you can't really do a cooking class in your house anymore. So she transitioned to online. And she's just been doing these like amazing French pastry classes for months. It's going gangbusters. It seems like it's going gangbusters. Um, I wonder how much of the uh, online sort of like classes and and stuff like that will 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 stay that way. I'm curious too. Do you think there will be a mad rush for people to get out of their houses? It's hard to say. I mean, I think yes, but I think there will also be a population that is wary of. Uh, out too quickly. Also, well, that actually wasn't even sort of where my head was at. I wasn't even thinking about the health risks of it. I was just thinking of like the idea of like, um, you know, you get vaccinated and uh, you're like, okay, I could leave my house and go to this thingamajiggy or I could take this online one over Zoom. Well, I mean, I think there's something to be said for being able like it opens up a whole world of possibilities for you to be able to do stuff on zoom like yeah at the same time there is there is an element of connection that you don't get on zoom that you can get in person that's true you know that's true so in conclusion i don't know i can't wait until we don't have to do table reads on zoom anymore yeah like that's something that i think really suffers from being oh, on Zoom. Oh, it does. Uh, immensely. You know, the timing's off, the rhythm's off. Yeah. I'm like, I read, and then I I, I assume people know that I've, I've heard me because the next, the actor talks. Right. <laughs> but there's no reaction. Well, it depends on what it is. Like, yeah, because like, it's a little delayed. So, like, if I'm yeah. reading a, uh, if I'm, I read the stage direction at the Goldberg's Table Read, so, like, I'll, Interior 
Uh, we're at the house. It's day. Murray sits in his chair as Beverly folds laundry. Barry enters holding a pickle. Oh. Um, and then blah, blah, blah. So, like, but half the time I'm in my trailer with the worst internet on the planet. Um, so I don't, I, I, the timing's off. And, like, if we're all at Sony, like, if we were shooting that day and we're all doing a table read, it's, like, a mess. That's, that's very annoying. Yes. Um, so. That is one thing I look forward to returning to uh, in person. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like table reads as a rule. Right. But if we're going to have them, I'd much rather have them in person. Yeah. Thank you for listening to what I had that to say about table reads. That makes a lot of sense. Reads. I hear you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I would prefer to do in person versus on Zoom. I mean, things or like... Rye would have been great to rye, have in person. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very frustrating that we haven't been able to do that but mm-hmm. under, understandably but sure like, yeah i feel like i don't know i'm starting to feel sad about like the things that henry's missing even though he doesn't care and doesn't know yeah but like you were saying the other day about like going to the children's museum and like stuff like that like yeah we've just never done that with him but we you know we can we will we will yes. eventually yes but as it stands right now every day it's like um okay so after we walk around the block a few times. <laughs> Literally. Then we will let him run around the yard picking up or pointing at dog poop. Um, okay. And then after that. Oh, then it's time to eat. He'll have his snack. Um, and we'll tell him not to give it to Bo. He yeah. should eat it. Um, okay. Then after that, he'll ruin the television somehow mm-hmm. by picking up the remote and deciding some like how to like he turns off the some Wi-Fi. crazy combination of buttons that, that no one has ever like, pressed i don't understand <laughs> like when he put the demo mode on our t- bedroom tv and i we didn't know how to get it off i finally figured it out Jory looked it up googling i had to i had to re i had to set i had to set up the tv again to get it out of demo dem- i had to do like the initial setup again that's funny to get it out of demo mode oh uh, uh Hey, if you want to write into the podcast, you could do so. Write at dorymatt at gmail.com or mattandory at gmail.com. If you want to call us, uh, you can leave a message, 413-461-BABY. Or if you want to send a voice memo, you can record on your phone and then email it over to us. And, you know, you can also text us at 413-461-BABY. I did not know that. Yep. So that's good. Yep. We got a few texts. Oh, cool. Yep. So if you're, you know, why don't you add to your phone if you're, if you're listening to it in the car or something. And then you can be like, hey, Siri, text Matt and Dory's excellent adventure. And then what it's, you I want to say, boy, that last podcast you did was so good. Yes. Send. Okay. It's yes. Wow. I can't wait to see what I have to say about me. Thank you, Siri. Uh, all right. We'll be right back. 
How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay. We're back. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's time to hear from you, the eggheads. Yep. What up, eggheads? What up? Did you send me an email of this? I sure did. Okay, I will open it up. Thank okay. you. All right, this first email is from Liz. Hi, Matt and Dor. Writing to you at 2 a.m. while our toddler daughter is standing in her crib crying in the next room. Mm. Apparently, some kids go through a 15-month sleep regression. Any tips on making it through these things? We sleep. We keep with our sleep training method, but the older she gets, the more stubborn she is. She stood in her crib essentially all night recently. I keep telling myself one day she will be a strong-willed, independent adult, but her temperament can be tough at this time. Also, I wanted to thank you for the podcast and all its wonderful listeners. This morning, I went in for my first ultrasound at nine weeks in my second pregnancy and sadly learned the baby had stopped growing. Getting this news alone without my husband there, thanks COVID, was devastating, but I thought back to all the recent discussions about miscarriage on the pod and immediately felt less alone. I was also armed with helpful knowledge that will inform my decision about next steps. As others have said, you both have such a positive impact on our lives, and we appreciate you very much. Sending love to you both and Henry and Bo. Liz, in 2,200 square feet, 
in the D.C. suburbs with a husband, mother-in-law slash pandemic child care lifesaver, 15-month-old firecracker, and a 10-year-old pug who is totally over everyone being home all the time. No hot dogs this year. Seems like a pretty hot dogless year for everybody. Yeah. Some people have had way more hot dogs than I thought. Others have had the exact amount I thought. Zero? Yeah. Uh, but thank you for the message. It's sorry to hear about that. Yeah, that's let's, really hard. Let's now discuss these sleep regressions. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Henry's a crank butt, so I feel you a little bit. Yes, although he did, thankfully, knock on wood, he has not had nighttime sleep regressions. Like, he's not woken up at 2 a.m. screaming. If he has, we haven't heard of him. Yeah. Um, he's had nap regressions, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, my instinct is to say, stay the course, and, like... You should, you should, you should probably just try to let her fall back asleep. But I also don't know. I never dealt with this situation, so I feel like I'm not really an expert on this particular situation. So, if someone who is listening wants to weigh in, I would love to hear their thoughts. Yeah, if you have had a sleep regression with the, the some month old, let us know. Um, all right. So let's talk about this next one it's from anonymous long time listener first time reaching out podcast has been a great resource both info and emotional support throughout a year and a half of fertility treatments but i've probably been listening for three to four years so first of all thank you wow that's a lot of listening uh the reason i'm emailing you is to ask to send out the pprom signal what is that oh preterm premature rupture of membranes after a successful frozen embryo transfer in June, I became pregnant, uh, which was super exciting, but also nerve-wracking since I lost my first pregnancy last year around week 13. When we made it to the second trimester this time, I felt so much relief. However, just after I hit 25 weeks, my water broke, which is the aforementioned preterm premature rupture of membranes, and I had to check into the hospital ASAP. In this situation, they can't repair the amniotic sac, and all the doctors can do is delay infection and or labor as long as possible. Apparently, it's medically possible to go months like this, though it's pretty much impossible to know how long you'll make it before needing to actually deliver. I've been here for three days so far. Best case scenario, we're here for eight to nine more weeks. Obviously, our biggest concern is about the baby's viability, if uh, she'll be born in the near future. And I was just curious if anyone in the community has experienced, uh, has experience with either PPROM or early preemies and their outcomes. If any listeners have experienced PPROM, how long did you make it before delivering? Also, would love recommendations on reliable sources I could check out if folks have them. Apparently, uh, PPROM and preterm birth are up to two times more likely for IVF pregnancies, though still rare across the board, which I didn't know before. Not that we wouldn't have done IVF, since it was our only uh, option, but... Just an interesting note. Thanks so much for reading my email. For all you do, best wishes to both of you and ben, Bo and Henry, of course. Usually living in a 2,000 square foot, it's going to take a long time this episode for me to slap together. <laughs> That's not your fault, Anonymous. 
usually living in a 2,000 square foot uh, something in San Francisco with a husband, but currently writing from a hospital. Square footage unknown. <laughs> uh, well, we hope that it is all uh, going smoothly, as smoothly as it can, and we are sending out the signal. Yeah. I, the double P-ROM signal. I do know someone who recently gave birth at 24 weeks and her baby is is still in the NICU, but is, I think, doing well. Um, from what I understand, 24 weeks is, is kind of the earliest that viability is, is likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But again, signals out. Yeah, the signal goes out. Thank you, anonymous. All righty, let's hear a voicemail. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, Matt, Henry, Dory, and Bo. Um, this is Katie in it's a Atlanta, new order. and I'm just calling. Um, <clears throat> in response to the the writer, I think it was CJ, who talked about um, reproductive immunology um, and how autoimmune disease play into um, trying to get pregnant. So when I had my daughter after with IUI, they said unexplained infertility. Never knew why. We figured it was something that had to do with me because my husband's like sperm and stuff looked good. Um, fast forward to now, we've been trying for the past six months to get pregnant with our second, and I had been working with, um, not a RI or, or whatever, but just a, like, functional medicine primary care physician, and she did, like, blood tests every couple of months and was really monitoring stuff like my AMH and my, like, hormone levels and all this sort of stuff, and just basically, like, going through cycles of medication and stuff, um, and then about um, six weeks ago, I went fully gluten-free, which is, like, obviously not the ideal situation, but it's not that hard, and I wanted a baby, so I did it, and I'm now six weeks pregnant, um, on my own, I should add. I've never been pregnant on my own, I guess, spontaneously, I should say. I've only ever gotten pregnant from fertility treatments, so say what you will, but going gluten-free and, and doing all these cycles of testing worked for me. And so if people are dealing with unexplained infertility and potentially inflammation, my like root cause was like mm. inflammation um, caused by my gut and going gluten-free helped heal my gut and thus helped heal my inflammation. Definitely go that route. Um, wasn't really that much cheaper than fertility treatments, but whatever so katie lucy um (laughs) in atlanta now that uh knock on wood this hopeful second baby comes we will definitely be upgrading from our 1700 square foot ranch to hopefully a couple hundred more feet in another bedroom but take care bye bye maybe it's cheaper just add a bedroom you know this is a real love it or list it situation it is yeah like right here well what you're talking about like do you just add a bedroom or do you well i mean if you like the place and you have the room on the, on right. the land why not you know pull the permits have a great time well you also I have say to get a construction let's loan add the room. let's add the room construction loan we'll do it myself oh boy okay i'm pretty sure my dad added the second floor to our house in lowell whoa 
four bedrooms and a bathroom. Whoa. So it can be done. So you should call Matt's dad. Call up John. And have him do it. Say, look, I know it's been about 30 years, but. We hear you're good at adding. You still got your uh, hammer and drywall saw? <laughs> We're in business. Um, congrats on the, on the. Yeah, congrats on the pregnancy. That is exciting. It's exciting. Um, all right. This next email is from Cynthia. Dear Matt and Dory, I know you've said that you want to take a break from talking about a potential second child, but after this week's episode, I just feel like I need to write in. To Matt, last week you gave the advice to try again to someone because you thought if they didn't, they would have a gnawing sense that they didn't do everything possible. Right, but I don't have that Listen sense. to your wife <laughs> when she says that this is how she feels about trying for a second kid. This is something that means a lot to her. Two kids will be hard. It's a leap. You will dig deep. You will figure out the finances. With fertility, not making a decision is a decision in itself. To Dory, keep listening to that voice that is telling you you want what you want. Keep that long range picture of your family in your mind. What does that holiday table look like in 20 years? If you want a second child, you should try. What kind of masks will we have on then? Don't let this be your regret. Wishing you the very best and thanks for all you do with the pod and community. Cynthia, 1600 square feet in Ottawa, Canada with one wife and two science babies. P.S. I scoured the internet for a science baby onesie after our second was born and came up empty. Any interest in creating Matt and Dory science baby onesies? Well, we had safety we had, baby. No, we had service baby. Sorry, service baby. They still exist. You which, can, if you want to carry your baby on a plane. Yeah, which it, you it won't be. You're a service baby. I think it was cottonbureau.com slash excellent adventure. Is that is that right? No. I'll figure out what the, maybe it was slash excellent, what the URL was, but um, no can't remember um yeah those exist we didn't have science baby but we did have service baby maybe we can get our that designer to write science in there um okay put like a but like a like a, like an atom you know yeah just like an uh, the atomic symbol and uh service baby right in the center of it yep yeah yeah little matt and dory excellent adventure branding somewhere Yep. I love it. It's yeah. a great idea. Let's make it happen. Okay, let's make it happen. <laughs> um, read the rest of your email. I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Uh, I mean, oh, so many little thoughts. Uh, I just don't think it's fair that we uh, kowtow to you, but not to me. One of us has to have our way. Why can't it be me? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Um it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a prospect, you know, it's an interesting prospect. It's a I, I guess I know that the, I know that uh, how much has to happen before that happens that I find it daunting. Um I personally think that I like I need to do a lot uh, regards to my sperm count, and that would be anything from like, I think I need to change my diet completely. I need to get into better shape. Um, 
which is inherently tied to this whole uh, keep pushing this thing away from me. Psychologically, it's all tied together mm. um, with my inner demons. Mm. So it's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm weary of it in some ways, not only for the effort and the work that I'm going to have to put in on that front, but also the effort and the work that Dory's going to have to put in on her, on her fronts. You know what I mean? Yeah. On your front piece. Yeah. My frontest piece. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That being said, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not an, it's not, I'm not an outright no on this. I get that, but like I know, Ty, the clock is the ticking. clock is the clock really isn't ticking. No, it is. It's not ticking because it. I'm saying the clock is not ticking because there are many ways to have a baby. Yes. Okay. There are many ways to. Uh, the clock is have someone come on, into your life on us having a biological child. It is and it isn't. Hi, <laughs> Matt Myra. How isn't it? I mean, it's, maybe it's not something. Maybe you. Maybe you're not going to carry this baby. The carrying is not the issue. Oh, great! Then let's 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 go get an embryo. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I think the clock is ticking on us having a biological child. I see. Okay. Well, it's like it's also the clock is ticking on whether or not, like, yeah, you know, we used to start the podcast that your egg, your eggs are old and my sperm is dumb. Mm-hmm. My sperm's still dumb. Mm-hmm. And my eggs are older. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's also like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can figure this out. I just don't want another crank butt. I mean, they all go through crank butt phases. I mean, he's just, he's never been more delighted to run away from someone with, with a poop all over his butt. <laughs> than it's true. Like this morning. <laughs> you were chasing him down with a wipe as he crawled away from you with a poopy butt. <laughs> but like also sticking his butt in the air, taunting us. All just. You know, <laughs> oh God, he's got that high pitched squeal now. Like he does screech. He does that, like that. That that he's at a very he's at a very tough age right now because he can't really communicate, and the only way he can communicate is through screeching. Yeah, but like it's also like okay, you can screech, but also like. You know, when you can communicate, you can also tell us, no, you don't want your diaper changed. But sorry, bud, we got to change your diaper. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, on that note, on that note, let's take a break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. We no are... decisions have been made. Nope. Henry's probably pooping right now. <laughs> In a sleep. Okay, this next email is from Harriet. Hey, just thought I'd clarify the rules in regards to masks in England. Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland have their own separate rules. And Lottie seemingly hanging out with everyone maskless. This is a great British Bake Off reference. Are we in that portion of the show already? Yes, we are. Wow, this whole this whole third block is going to be Bake Off? There's, there's Bake Off and then there's a couple other emails. Okay, go ahead. Legally, you have to wear a mask in shops, hospitals, and on public transport unless you have a medical condition that exempts you. If you are getting takeaway from a restaurant or pub, you have to wear a mask also. However, if you're seated and eating in, you don't have to wear a mask while at your table. If you get up to go and leave your table for any reason, you have to put your mask back on. Currently, you can meet up to six people outside as long as you keep a distance of one meter between you. It used to be two meters, but the government reduced it. And in these circumstances, you don't need to wear a mask. I can't remember how close Lottie was to everyone, but this may be why she was not wearing a mask. Something weird I discovered when double-checking these guidelines was on exemption to the six was one exemption to the six people rule is mother and baby groups can in fact meet in groups of up to 15 and the babies do not count towards that limit. I don't really understand this being an exemption, but thought so you'd you could find have it what, interesting. 30 babies and, and 15 moms. Well, not every mom has two babies. I'm just saying well, you could. Yes. I feel like Lex has come up a few times recently. I would like to know how he is, but I'm also curious if ramekin queer still listens. <laughs> if I remember correctly, she was a lactation consultant also. So I do sometimes wonder if Matt's criticism of lactation <laughs> consultants has led to her no longer listening. I don't have anything else to share except thanks once again for keeping me company on my commutes into work where I have to put my bag on the seat next to me so people won't try to sit there. Oh, that's interesting. So you're taking the subway and her city bus. Sorry, this is we're not we're actually not quite at the bake off portion Whoa, of the pod. Now all of a sudden we're not well, at the bake off portion because this email covered so many things. I put it here, but but I mean it feels like it's really prime prime end of the podcast situation. Not, but anyway, let's just first okay. let's first things first. Why is it now only three feet? Unclear. I Who feel like this that? is so classic. Like no one can keep track of these rules. It's like bananas. They're changing constantly. They're they're like, what are they based on? No one knows. Right. Well, because there's no central governing body that um, believes in science. It's insane. So we're sort of stuck with everybody sort of trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're all we're all left on our own. It is a clusterfuck. Truly. Of epic proportions. <sighs> I'm glad to know it's not just here. It's depressing. All right, this is from Megana. Hey, guys. <clears throat> Patreoner here that rarely has a reason to write in since I have no kids of my own and I'm not dealing with infertility. Just love you both and the pod. I'm writing in hopes of getting your slash listener suggestions for a gift for my cousin for Christmas this year. She's been dealing with infertility for three years and is finally pregnant and due in May. Her sister has an almost two-year-old. And now, since they're both going to finally have young ones of their own, my mom and I think it's time for us to start focusing on the littles for gifts rather than them as much. 
since she won't have her little one in person yet at Christmas, was hoping you guys might have some ideas for something that would be a good gift. The first thing that came to mind was some sort of ornament to celebrate the occasion, but I'm sure her immediate family has already done that. So I figured I'd reach out to the experts who've been dealing, who've been through this all before for something that might be a little more unique or just something a little less obvious. Truly, thanks so much for all that you do. I'm immune compromised and live alone, so podcasts keep me company much of the time. Oh, also, I'm currently living in a 1,200-square-foot condo in the suburbs of Chicago and currently shopping for a home with a little more space and a big yard for my dogs to run around. Megana. Uh, Megana, I don't know that a Christmas ornament has already been taken care of. Yeah. I feel like that might be a good thing to do. Sort of like a a picture of of them pre-baby happy and you write on it last christmas <laughs> wow 2020 last christmas <laughs> um I, it's hard for me to make suggestions because i don't know your budget uh, do you have uh, throw something out there and then okay l- let's qualify it in the budget of 50 to 200 dollars go I would say maybe like a really nice baby blanket. That's always like a nice gift. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think she's going to get a lot of like practical gifts off her registry. So it's, it might be nice to just get her something, not like frivolous, but like something that she wouldn't necessarily buy for herself. So that's why I say like a really nice baby blanket. Um, what else? Maybe like some little baby slippers like a hat and slippers yeah situation you know how often babies are putting on slippers i don't know (laughs) what are your suggestions my suggestions are to ask dory Mm. and then criticize whatever it is she comes up with that's my suggestion (laughs) i mean you could get that (laughs) um i would say get a fox box Box Fox? Box Fox. I do love Box Fox. It's true. I mean, the other thing I would say is like, since the baby isn't here yet, it might be nice to get to actually still get her something kind of related to the baby, like a really nice like belly oil or a robe or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm thinking like some sort of nice, like uh, like whatever whatever it is pregnant women wear, like a muumuu. <laughs> get her <laughs> but a like muumuu. But like, you know, I think a robe is nice. Yeah. A nice big robe. Nice big a nice robe. Big, soft whatever it is high thread count low i don't know yeah. how the thread counts go on robes but and then she can also wear it after she has the baby like that could be really nice for her maybe a nice pair of slippers for her there you go now now i'm on board warm socks warm, warm socks because she's gonna need those yeah she will need those everywhere yep warm yeah. socks so, so i would say magana especially since she's not do, excuse me due until may I think this Christmas is actually a good opportunity for you to get her like a pregnancy related gift. So that is going to be our suggestion. Oh, also, she writes, oh, shit, how could I forget the all important hot dog question? Zero hot dogs for me. Former vegetarian, but can't bring myself to eat a hot dog again. That's very funny. Okay. This is from Kristen, longtime listener, first time texter. This is mm, one of our texts. Okay. I have a non baby related question for Matt. I'm here. My teenage niece is getting a guitar for Hanukkah this year. Are there any guitar accessories or guitar adjacent gifts you could recommend I give her? I gift her. She's super hard to buy for, so any ideas are appreciated. Thank you. Kristen in 2,700 square feet in the suburbs of Philadelphia with one husband, one science baby, now a preschooler, and one very neurotic but lovable Tibetan terrier. 
Um, I don't know what you want to spend. This is again. This is Dory's whole thing, which is now that I'm having the ideas. It's See? like it's very accurate that she was saying that. <laughs> okay, so I think that if you're, if, if is she is, are they new to guitar? Is it a new guitar? Is it like I'm new to guitar and here's what I like? Okay, let me requalify this. If they're new to guitar, I would recommend. Um, perhaps you could purchase some online lessons. Oh, that's a nice idea. Um, perhaps you could purchase some online lessons through uh, a local guitar teacher that can do them on Zoom. Or you could go through one of the uh, many sort of uh, systems that are available through various places. Fender has something called Fender Play, which is uh, online lessons, the subscription service. Uh, there are the Paul Gilbert one's pretty good I forget I would just look up Paul Gilbert online lessons uh, I think it's through Artist Works um, you can buy a year membership for something like that um, and get them the lessons so they you know hopefully can have fun and enjoy it now, if you've already gotten, if they maybe they already have lessons, I would look into getting them. You know, some picks. What about like tuner. a cool strap? A nice strap, yeah, that'd be nice. Like a comfortable suede. You can't like you cannot you can't put a price on a really good comfortable strap. Like a suede strap. Um, a thicker, even a thicker cloth. I would, I would steer clear of like regular leather because they're so hard. Mm. At least at first, that it mm-hmm. takes a long time for them to get worn in. So, um, I'd steer for steer steer away from there unless unless they're like advertising it as very. What soft about leather. some like sheet music for bands she's into or something? That is another great idea. Uh, you could go on and order some some books. Uh, Cherry Lane Publishing, I think they still exist. I'm just looking over there. I have some books on a music stand. A music stand. Mm. A music stand and a, and a and a and a and a guitar tab book would be a great thing to do. That's something I didn't have for a long time as a kid. That I it was annoying to me that I had to like hunch over a desk and look at the Mm. music. So music stand would actually be very nice. Good idea, honey. Thank you. Teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Now we are in the bake-off portion of the podcast. The official bake-off portion. Hello. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) This is from Maria. Hi, Matt. You are the only person I can turn to in this hour of need. (laughs) First of all, I think you care about this issue. Secondly, I trust your expertise to figure this out. And thirdly, I practically know you, right? I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you do. How can I access the GBBO Extra Slice? (laughs) I managed to see one episode by accidentally clicking into a Reddit post. Apparently, if you aren't in the UK, you have to block your device's location, finder thingy. But I don't know the safest way to do that. And I don't know if there are reasons why I shouldn't. 
If this isn't of interest to you, feel free to ignore this email altogether. If it is, your expertise well, how, would be appreciated. How can this not be of interest to me? BTW, one of your listeners, recommended the Bake Down podcast, which I've enjoyed very much. Your faithful and maybe oldest listener, Maria, age 79. Maria, youngest at heart, I'll tell you that much. My hot dog eating husband and me in 3,300 square feet, bird feeders, but no pets in Portland, Oregon. I cannot. How many hot dogs, though? She Maria? is cool. Uh, so Maria, I think you need to get yourself a VPN. Like I would, I would look up, uh, I would go to something easy to use like Nord VPN, N O R D. Um, and what you could do with a VPN is you can change your IP address, your location. So you can, when you, when you don't want to be watching the, uh, find extra slice, you can just turn it off. When you do, you set your location to England. Dun dun dun. And it's pretty easy to do. So I would look up I would look at NordVPN. Um so all, but so yes, all you need is a VPN, virtual private network. All you need is a VPN uh, where you can have a different IP location. So they look at the request, they go, Where is this person? Oh, they're in Devonshire. Cool. Here's the extra slice. So Wendy wrote in uh, kind of along these lines. She must have anticipated Maria's question. Had to write in because my husband and I use a VPN to watch Extra Slice every Friday and GBBO on the day it airs instead of waiting for the Netflix drop. You don't need a license. It's streaming for free on all four. Extra Slice will not answer all of your questions about GBBO, but it will answer a lot of them, especially about the bubble this year. The only issue is sometimes the VPN doesn't work because Channel 4 shuts down IP addresses when it figures out they belong yeah, to a VPN. Yeah, you, 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 you gotta change them up sometimes. So, they have to, so you have to try again later or the next day and it's usually up and running again. Happy streaming. Wow, that was a very related email. Good organization, honey. Thank you. Dory's right. really good at podcasting. Now. <laughs> this is from Stephanie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm currently watching season three of the holiday version of the Great British Bake Off. It's making me realize that this latest season was just kind of off. I'm sure it was due to COVID, but I found it hard to connect to any of the bakers or really root for anyone. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who feels this way, but it all felt forced. How did you not connect to Lottie? This holiday special is also hosted by Noel and Sandy, and I miss Sandy. Matt was fine, but I just miss Sandy. You're actually watching last year's holiday special with Noel and Sandy. You are. Uh, This year, it's Matt and the host of the extra slice because Noel is off on paternity leave. Oh, he had a little boosh. He had another boosh. Aww. Um, so, and to your point, yes, but also let me just say, I never thought I'd get over Melon Sue. Yeah. Uh, Matt really grew on me. And I still, uh, you know, when I watch an old one, I, 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 I love them dearly. I miss Melon Sue, and I did. But Noel, I, I thought was uh, delightful. And what actually, what I enjoyed the most about Noel and Matt was how much they seemed to enjoy laughing at each other. Yes, Which, and and poking fun at Paul and Prue. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did he say? He said, "I remember, like Noel said something." And he said, do you think they'll leave this in? <laughs> do you think they'll leave? You know, they'll never leave that in. Yeah. They left it in. I thought that was very funny. But yeah, so I, but I hear you. It changes hard sometimes. Yes. It's hard to adjust. So again, the Melon Sue changeover was very difficult for me. Honey, I've decided to replace you with Melon Sue on this podcast. Oh, I'd listen to it finally. <laughs> um, all right. 
This is from Bethany. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Did you know there's a great Canadian baking show spinoff? <laughs> and the first two seasons were hosted by Dan Levy. Levy? Levy? Levy. Levy. From Schitt's Creek. I attached the link on how to get the episodes. Woot, woot. Three seasons to watch during the second round of quarantine. It's on the CBC's website. There was a great American bake-off, too. Hosted by Nia Vardalos and her husband. That's right. And it didn't really it take was off. Okay. Same producers, same tent, seemingly. Huh. Um, but it was just something about it that was a little off. Well, the Britishness is part of the charm. Yeah, but I feel like Paul Hollywood was one of the people, wasn't he? I don't remember. No, he was. Henry's moving. Dory's looking. He is moving. At the monitor. All right. This last email is from none other then Christopher Fonagy. Hey, hey, all right. Hi, Dory. Catching up on the pod. Regarding Matt's Apple ID. Um, okay. You sent me this email. I did. Yes, continue. From someone who was part of the initial Apple Care phone team to support Apple IDs and was a senior advisor when two-factor was rolled out. Your suggestion to reach out to Amex to get the card number is the exact step I would have taken with customers. I was able to successfully support people having them do that. I'm highly surprised Matt doesn't have the ID signed in. Here's the problem. I changed the password on one device at work because I forgot the password and I needed to sign in again. So I changed the password and that then once I changed the password and forgot the password I changed before I went was able to go change it on any device, they're all not signed in. Unfortunately, it's been long enough, or even utilize another device for a set. Unfortunately, it's been long enough that I can't recall all the steps involved. I'm still in touch with some senior advisors at Apple Care. So if Matt hasn't been escalated to one tier two support, then I could probably get one of their work numbers for him to call. I found it better to continue working with one person for these. Do you know that I just for a Mac genius to have to call tech support? It's like the ultimate shame. It's not like you have a notation next to your name. They don't know that you were Mac Matt genius. Matt Meyer, a former genius. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. And I do intend to send in a proper message for you both. Wishing you well, Christopher Fonagy. Thank you for the message, Christopher. I'm, I've all but almost like abandoned it completely. I don't think you should. I know. It is annoying to have two Apple IDs, though. Yeah, I don't think you should. I think, But I already have two, so what I'm saying is, like, it's annoying to have two. So if I just said forget it to that one. But you have so much stuff I on know, the old I know, I have so much stuff. Everything in iTunes. That's the beauty of digital. You know, when you're buying digital, you really don't own anything. That's why I never buy digital. I just stream. You buy everything? All right, everybody. So that does it for the podcast this week. We hope that you all uh, write in uh, with any sort of uh, bake-off related uh, goodies. Uh, well, also IVF. Um, now, I'm just here to remind you that you can support us on Patreon. And get to two bonus episodes every month at patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. So we're going to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, those of you at the $5 level and above, uh, you get your name right in the pod each month. Here we go. 
Uh, don't forget, if you sign up now, you get the back catalog. So there's a gajillion episodes. Thank you to Carolyn Land. Greg Watchorn. Jennifer HS. Melody Baltazar. Uh, Angie James. Tyler Rosewood. Abba N. Alan L. Uh, Alec Meredith Fletcher and Florence Babble. Amanda Fujita. Uh, Amanda Light. Lighty. Amy. Andy Pavlik. A few anonymize. And one with an exclamation point. Yep. April Cherry. Ariana Perry. Ashley Cecil Lee. Aurora and Zelda. Becca Foster. Ben, PhD. Bianca L. Brett Jarrett. Britt S. Baker. Bruno Macias. Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Kathy Hill. Chinami Worth. Christina Smith. Cynthia Meisner. Debbie Meredith, a.k.a. Lexconet's mom. Diana. Diana Robinson. Diane M. Martin. Debbie, what's going on with Lex? Let us know. Uh, e. Fast. Edwina Goodingham. Uh, Edwina Morgan Bodo. We have two Edwinas. I love it. Elizabeth Gerardo. Emily F. Aaron Gudge. Here comes the Gudge, and it's Aaron Turley behind her. Fallon. Frederick Roa. And Greta Truitt. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you. You'll hear us next week. Bye. Bye.